0: Welcome back to Squared Sports Podcast. On the list of this podcast, Lane Frank, Right now i number 92. It's are 92, episodes through. I got an action-packed episode playing for you. Great week of the NFL, great week college football, MLB playoff race coming down to the wire. You know my Mets and Braves are dogging it out right now. So my Mets just clinched the playoffs, but they're playing the Braves, trying to get that first place. We'll play them in about two weeks. That's going to be interesting. Max Scherzer's been playing great. College football is great. NFL is great. Stay tuned for an action-packed episode 92. Let's hop into it. Let's start with episode 92, how we always do with the headlines in the NFL. First thing I want to say right here in the headlines, Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> Did this make me happy? This made me so happy seeing Jimmy Garoppolo come in. Okay, let me get the breakdown to you of everything with Jimmy Garoppolo. First season goes to San Francisco, and I've done this so many times in the show, I've explained it, but I'm going to do it again. First season, Jimmy Garoppolo gets traded to San Francisco. They're the second worst team in the league. He gets them six straight wins. Second season, he's ACL. They're the second worst team in the NFL. Next season, he comes back to the second-best team in the NFL They're the Super Bowl runner-up. Next year after that, he gets banged up a little bit, doesn't play that much. 2020, they don't make the playoffs. and think he had a high ankle sprain. They don't make the playoffs. 2021 now, this is where it gets interesting. Jimmy Garoppolo plays, you could say, mediocre for most of the season. Misses, I think, three games. Then comes playoff time, and he leads them all the way to the conference championship. About to lead them to a Super Bowl. I mean, Jimmy Ward, if he doesn't drop that interception. Yes, he had some mistakes Jimmy Garoppolo down the way in that game. But Jimmy Garoppolo managed the game so well in the playoffs last year. He managed the game well in the Frozen Tundra against the Green Bay Packers. He managed the game well in Dallas against the Cowboys. Jimmy Garoppolo is an amazing player, but you heard the breakdown. You get two full seasons out of Jimmy Garoppolo, you're going to make the conference championship. That's why I was always a little bit skeptical on trail I think a lot of people with trail who got drafted were really excited about him. And now people have fizzled out a little bit on him. maybe the immaturity issues, maybe a lot more issues with Jimmy Garoppolo. But boy, am I happy to see Jimmy Garoppolo do well. We're going to talk more about the situation Later on the episode, stay tuned for that. Let's move to Kyler Murray, everybody. Whoo, Kyler Murray got his bag this offseason. He got $230 million this offseason. And everybody's saying, oh, he's overrated, he's overpaid. Well, people are also saying that during the Raiders game when they go down 23-7. Well, Kyler Murray proves them wrong, leads a comeback, gets two touchdowns, and he gets two two-point conversions, both miraculous. I mean, the first two-point conversion, I don't think any other player in the NFL, not even Lamar Jackson, not even a running back at quarterback, could have done that play. That's the explosive with of Kyler Murray. That's the extra part of Cliff Kingsbury's offense. The extra part where if a play gets broken, a play's never really broken because Kyler Murray a quarterback. He's going to make those mistakes. He might take a sack on accident. He might throw an interception. But he can also make that play for you. He proved a lot to me in that game. He proved that he doesn't need DeAndre Hopkins to be fully successful against above-average team. Yeah. What an amazing game that was from Kyler Murray. He proves why he got paid his money this offseason. Now, Jets everybody. Woo, what a game this was. Garrett Wilson gets his game-win touchdown. Another quarterback proved he can still be a starting caliber quarterback in this league. Joe Flacco, everybody. Okay, the Browns had a 99% chance to win. Nick Chubb got the touchdown, all good. But my well, log was good. Joe Flacco got a perfect pass to Corey Davis. Yes, he was wide open, but Joe Flacco has the arm strength to get there. Broken coverage from the Browns. Okay, Browns fans are like, oh, I wasn't so good, but we're good. We won the game. Everything's fine. Well, the Jets recover the on kick, and Garrett Wilson gets a touchdown to win the game. The interesting thing right here is Nick Chubb should have had that self-awareness to not score a touchdown, yes. He helped me with my fantasy team. I'm all happy. He got me 32 points for my fantasy football team this week. Jalen Waldo got me 40 points, and Amon Saint and brown got me 40 points. I got 111 points out of those three players. Amazing stuff right there from those three guys. But I'm not here to talk about my fantasy football team. I'm here to talk about Nick Chubb. Interesting thing here is, though, in the 2020 season, Nick Chubb was put in that exact same situation against the Houston Texans, and he went down. But this situation, he didn't go down. Nick Chubb went for the touchdown. He blamed himself, as he should. Jacoby Brissett probably should have had the self-awareness not to throw that interception in the last draft. Maybe they could have kicked a game with Cade York. Never know, but what an interesting the game that was. I'm not going to say it's the best win of Robert Sala's career as the Jets' head coach, because I mean there haven't been many wins, but you could say that Bengals win, that Titans win last season, are better than this one. But yeah, what a game that was. Browns versus Jets. Jets caught the dub. Tua Tongue Velo, everybody. As people used to call him, Tua turned the ball over. No, now he's Tua Tongue Velo again, everybody. What a game that was. You can down because he's a lefty. I'm a lefty. Lefties matter in sports, but It doesn't change anything. Tua Valoa is an amazing player. But what a game that was. Six touchdowns. You could say, oh, he threw two interceptions. Who cares? He found his receivers. You could say those plays to Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill were great. But I find those two touchdowns to those two tight ends. Mike Isicki had one, another one had one. Just two amazing plays, two amazing passes where, on third down where only his receiver could get it. Only his tight end could get it. He utilizes his six foot six tight end, and Mike Isicki gets him his touchdown. Yes, that gritty by Mike Isicki was absolutely embarrassing. But yeah, what a touchdown that was by Tua Tongvaloa and Mike Isiki. What a game that was. Lamar Jackson played amazing in that one. He deserves to get that amazing contract. Probably not Patrick Mahomes, but damn, you're close to everybody. What a game that was. Tua Valloa maybe he's the next man up to get a contract. Or it could be Jalen Hurts, everybody. Jalen Hurts played absolutely outstanding on Monday Night Football. That was last night. What a game that was against Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota Vikings looked amazing in week one, being the Packers. In week two, they looked like their JV football team. It was horrible. So yeah. Minnesota Vikings couldn't do much. Darius Slay had two interceptions. Kirk Cousins didn't play well. But that's Kirk Cousins. It's primetime football, everybody. He's not going to do very well. Jalen Hurts played very, very well in that one. I'm happy to see it. My New York Giants also played very, very well, everybody. They beat the Carolina Panthers. It was a dogfight, everybody. But Graham, you know, was a deciding factor in this one. He got 17 fantasy points. And he used to be the former kicker for who? The Carolina Panthers, everybody. And they released him. Why? Because they thought he had a career-ending injury. Well, it wasn't career-ending. It was actually... Career saving, maybe. Getting out of Carolina, going over to the New York Giants, getting us a game-winning field goal, pretty much, against Carolina Panthers. Sorry, Baker Mayfield. Daniel Jones played well enough to guess that win. And the Giants are 2-0, and I'm so happy about it. So, if the Giants win this week. They could be 3-0 for the first time in, I think, a decade. So, that's amazing stuff right there. Giants played great on Sunday. Aidan Hutchinson also played great on Sunday. Everybody, my Michigan guy, who had a really, really frustrating week one. Now, he didn't have that many sack. He didn't have that many tackles. But you could say, okay, it's week one. Who cares? Aiden's a guy who can be tough on himself. I mean, Michigan fans can expect more. But Aiden Hutchinson played amazing in that game, everybody. Getting three sacks, doing his awesome celebration. Yeah, In Hutchinson and Detroit Lions. This team's gritty. They're playing well. They're playing under that Detroit motto of the greatness that they have. This is an amazing team. They're gritty. Dan Campbell is a good coach. And Hutchinson, a good player. I picked him to win defensive rookie of the year. I still think he's going to win it. Cooper Rush era by, whoo, he was cooking in this one. He beat Cincinnati Bengals in his second career start. First career start came last year. Gets the Minnesota Vikings, but it was sure because it's prime time, so it didn't really matter. You knew Kirk Cousins was going to lose that game, no matter who was the quarterback for the other team. But Cooper Rush played well in this one, beating Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals, 13 sacks, giving up two games to Joe Burrow. They, everybody said, Lael Collins, who they signed this offseason, said, your personal bodyguard's in town. Nobody's going to sack you. Well... He's been sacked 13 times this season. Not very good. Joe Burrow, interesting thing to look after right there. Don't start him in your fantasy football lines. I have him in mind. I started him over to Otago Valoa, and it ended me in the end. I lost that game because of that. So, yeah, don't start Joe Burrow. I mean, maybe this because it's against the New York Jets, but not much more after that. Joe Burrow, really struggling so far. Unless you can get something going, I don't recommend starting him in fantasy football. But one last thing here for the NFL headlines Russell Wilson, everybody, has not been cooking at all. They had a really, really rough game Sunday against the Houston Texans. If you play like that against 15, 16 of those NFL teams, you're not going to win. This, I'm not saying the Houston Texas team is horrible because they're not horrible. They got a good defense, they got a good quarterback, Davis Mills, who could be like the next Matt Ryan or something like that. But Russell Wilson, this is just bad play. 16 points. That's not good stuff right there. Russell Wilson, Nathaniel Hackett, are they really playing well? It's really tough to see. They made some bad decisions by Nathaniel Hackett. Obviously, some bad decisions by Russell Wilson. Interesting stuff there. That's about from my headlines in the NFL. Let's move to MLB to round out our headlines. Albert Poulos is getting close to 700, everybody. He's at 698. What do you think Albert Poulos will reach 700? Leave your answer in the comment section. In the Mets, everybody. Woo! Max Scherzer mentioned in the headlines. Almost had that perfect game, won six innings, and then Tyler McGill on his first pitch back from the IL, unfortunately gave up a hit, and then I think it was a home round to Grady Telez. So yeah, interesting stuff right there. Mets playing well, though. Steve Cohen was there to watch the Mets clinch the playoffs for the first time since 2016. I remember that 2015 playoff run. That got me into sports, that 2015 Mets playoff run. Next year, 2016, last time he made it, was the wildcard run. But that 2015 playoff run was special. Making the World Series, everybody. Interesting thing right here. Jacob DeGrom has never, ever started a home playoff game at City Field. All of his starts in 2015 came on the road. Interesting thing, like Alfred right there. Jacob DeGrom making a playoff start at home at City Field this year. But the Mets have just been playing amazing here. But one last thing in the headlines right here Hunter Green, rookie for the Cincinnati Reds, came back from the IL and he broke his own record for most 100 mile per hour pitches in the game. This guy's a weird picture. He's very, very talented. He's got all the velocity in the world. He can get you a no hitter or he can give up. Five runs. That's basically it. There's really no medium there with Hunter Green because he can give up one or two hits a outing, or he can give up ten hits and five home runs. It's bit un- un- unpredictable with Hunter Green, just like this headline was. Leave your thoughts in the comment section. That's about it for the headlines this week. Now, schoolyard sports game day, everybody. For our new viewers, we've been doing this since our first season of the show. We're on season three now. So since that 2020 NFL season, we picked the top games of NFL week. This is week three of the NFL season. Let's hop into it. Thursday night football. Steelers versus Browns. Browns really struggled last week. Jacoby Brissett, I predict him to lose some confidence after that horrendous pick to lose the game for them. I mean, there are a lot of factors which made them lose that game against the Jets. I mean, it is against the Jets, so you probably should have played better. But Jacoby Brissett loses some of his confidence in this one. That Steelers defense is surrounding everybody. Bill Belichick knows how the game played against them, though. Obviously, he did. They won that game against the Pittsburgh Steelers, but the Browns don't know how to. I got the Steelers winning this one over. Cleveland Browns, big upset. Raiders versus Titans, both these teams are 0-2. Both these teams want to see themselves 2-0, and and they really thought they could see themselves 2-0 with their rosters. But no, they're 0-2. I get the Raiders win the matchup with the 0-2. So, Titans stay winless, Raiders get a win, go to 1-2 on the season. Lions versus Vikings. This gonna be an interesting game. Kirk Cousins. It isn't prime time, so maybe he could win this one. I got the Vikings win this one. I the Lions are a good team, but I just I think the Vikings get back some of that mojo like they had in week one. Get Justin Jefferson more involved. He's not going up against Darius Slay unless Darius Slay magically reappears to be a Detroit Lion again, which obviously isn't gonna happen. So yeah, Detroit Lions lose this one. Sorry, Ian Hutchinson. Sorry, Dan Campbell. I just praised you so much in the highlights, but I got the Minnesota Vikings taking the dub over the Detroit Lions. Ravens versus Patriots, everybody. This game, you can match up. Patriots might know how to game plan around Lamar Jackson, might know how to game plan around that horrible secondary like we saw last week. What an action-packed game that was. From the first play of the game, which was a kicker return turn for touchdown, to the last play of the game where a Hail Mary happened. Yeah, amazing stuff in that Ravens versus Dolphins game. And then, I mean, no defense was played. Defense was optional in that one. Great offense by both teams. Lamar Jackson, first player ever to have a 75-yard rushing touchdown and a 75-yard pass touchdown in game. So I got the Ravens win this one over the Patriots. Patriots move to 1-2 on the season. Eagles versus Commanders, everybody. I think the Eagles win this one. Jalen Hurts is looking like maybe the MVP of the NFL season. I thought Carson Wentz would play better against the Detroit Lions because he played amazing in Week 1 against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And yes, he brought them back at the end. And yes, that was a really tough sequence to see Joey Sly miss that extra point to make it 9 instead of 8. And maybe Carson Wentz could do the leg game-winning draft to the end the game if it wasn't 9, if it was 8. So Carson Wentz still impressed me a little bit. I'm going to talk more about Carson Wentz and Frank Reich and Indianapolis Colts and Eagles a little bit more on this episode. You'll have to see what I'm talking about. Colts and Carson Wentz in the same area in a little bit. But I got Eagles win this one over the Commanders and Carson Wentz returning to Philly. 49ers versus Broncos there, but 49ers win this one. Okay, Jimmy Garoppolo's a good quarterback. Russ can't cook. He really isn't playing well. And Nathaniel Hackett's struggles continue. Kyle Shanahan knows that. Take advantage of that. Good defense coordinator Raheem Anderson. Probably knows that the game plan against Russell Wilson. 49ers have been pretty good against Russell Wilson in his career. So I got the 49ers winning this one over the Broncos. Rams versus Cardinals. Rams played pretty well last week against the Atlanta Falcons. Yes, Jalen Ramsey had that game ceiling touchdown. You'd say yes, Matthew Stafford had a few touchdowns, but he also had two interceptions. It always seems like a guarantee now for Matthew Stafford to have multiple interceptions a game. He did it last week. He did it this week. So I got Rams losing this one to the Arizona Cardinals. I think Cardinals just find some motors. They got the momentum after last week. Byron Murphy played amazing last week, gained the game-winning touchdown. Kyler Murray played amazing last week. I think they get the win over Los Angeles Rams in this one. Chiefs versus Colts. I got the Chiefs winning this one. Colts are just playing terrible. They got shut out last week by the Jacksonville Jaguars. They need to get Jonathan Taylor going. They haven't been doing that. So I got the Chiefs winning this one over Indianapolis Colts. Giants versus Cowboys. This is Monday Night Football. The Giants' only primetime game this the season. And I got the Giants winning this one. I'm sorry, Cooper Rush. You can't win every single start. Maybe that's the bias me being a Giants fan talking, but I got my Giants winning this one i on Monday Football. Bills versus Dolphins. This is the game that we care about. It is by far the game that we against the last game. We're going to pick right. I have the Bills winning this one, but it's going to be close. To a Hasn't really played well against the Buffalo Bills his nice career. You remember that Week 17 matchup in his rookie season where they could have made the playoffs if they had a win, but no, they got absolutely steamrolled by the Buffalo Bills in that one. Buffalo Bills defense just been playing amazing. I think it's going to be a close one. I got the Bills win this one, 37-31 over Miami Dolphins. Look for that run game to get going for Miami. Chase Edmonds played pretty well this week. I want to see that get going, the run game for the Miami Dolphins. But that's what I've scored sports game this week. Leave your thoughts in the comment section. So we're three weeks into the college football season and get a better understanding now of who is going to be the Heisman contenders and who's not. Yes, it might be a little bit early, but now it's tough to have a good game three weeks in a row. It's good to have a good game one week in a row in week one. Okay, you can have two games in a row in week two, but to continue it week one, week two, and week three, that's tough to do. My top five Heisman candidates, after three weeks into the college football season, I want to give three honorable mentions right here. Number one, Blake Coram, who has seven touchdowns on the season, We got five touchdowns my Michigan Wolverines against UConn. Yes, he doesn't have many yards in the season. Yes, Michigan hasn't been giving him many opportunities to get many yards, but they've given him that, that one-yard line, pylon push, whatever you might call it. So yes, Blake Corm has seven touchdowns with some of the most in college football. Blake Coram doesn't have the yards, but he'll get them in the Big Ten play. Blake Corm is the honorable mention for the Heisman. Braylon Allen. Braylon Allen's just been playing amazing, running back was Wisconsin. Yes, they could have maybe won that game against Washington State if they gave him more carries, but interesting thing I like to for this week. They're playing Ohio State. I want to see how Braylon Allen plays in that one. That would be interesting to see. It's up in Madison, Wisconsin, so it will be an interesting game. I want to see Braylon Allen and the Wisconsin Badgers take down Ohio State, but I'm not sure if it's going to happen. I want to see it happen, but I'm not sure if Braylon Allen, get him more involved. He's an amazing player. Quinn Ours. Now This one's interesting. You could say, Quinn Or is going to be out for the next five weeks. No, he's not. He's actually back at practice starting today. He actually might play this week against Texas Tech. Yeah, Quinn has killed amazingly, apparently. Apparently, it wasn't as big as they thought it would be. Apparently, they took Drew Brees advice, maybe. No, I'm kidding on that one. But yeah, Quinn is a good player, but he could win the Heisman if he plays the rest of these games. If he only misses one game, he could win the Heisman. Now, my top five. Trigger warning right here. It's gonna be all quarterbacks, because the Heisman is only all quarterbacks. Here it is right here, number five. Bryce Young. Bryce Young has not impressed me much throughout the season. Yes, in the Mickey Mouse game, he's impressed me, but in the big game against Texas, not so much. Bryce Young, number five. Four, Stetson Bennett. Stetson Bennett might cool off a little bit. He cooled off a little bit in that second game of the season against Charleston Southern, but in the third week, they dogged South Carolina the first game. They absolutely crushed Oregon. So yeah, Stetson Bennett's been a big part of that. Brock Bowers, I should put him on here. He's been amazing so far. Brock Bowers might be the best player in all of college football, just skill-wise. Regardless of the position, Brock Bowers might be the best player in college football. There's always that talk that Kyle Pitts was the greatest player in college football, regardless of position. Brock Bowers might just enter that conversation right now. Brock Bowers could be a husband candidate, but right now, I'm put sets and better better right here. Sets so bet number four. Number three, Dylan Gabriel, everybody. Dylan Gabriel is a lefty, and he's from Hawaii. I love lefties, because I'm a lefty. So Dylan Gabriel is a good player, but he's really shocked me. He can run the ball well. He can throw the ball well. He's not going to throw the ball 70 yards downfield through the air. I mean, he can throw the ball 70 yards, but it might be off of a 30-yard air pass. Not. He doesn't have the Josh Allen cannon. He doesn't have the Patrick Mahomes cannon. Tua Tungvaluwa might not have the biggest arm, but he can zip the ball. He can put some velocity on that thing. So can Dylan Gabriel. Dylan Gabriel's played well so far. Number three, Dylan Gabriel. Oklahoma's a really good football team everybody. Number two. CJ Stroud, okay, that's the Michigan family groaning that's CJ Stroud comment. So CJ Stroud, number two, not the greatest player in my opinion, but he's played well so far this season. He put up 77 points against Toledo. I think he's going to cool off a little bit in big-time play. I think my Michigan Wolverines are going to mess him up in week 13. CJ Stroud, number two. Number one, Caleb Williams, everybody. Caleb Williams is my Heisman favorite going into the season, and he still is. That's about for my top five. Leave your thoughts in the comment section. Now, I did you know, and this week's really, really good, did you know? Did you know the Miami Dolphins were down 21 points in the fourth quarter to the Baltimore Ravens? They were the first team in a decade to overcome a 21-point deficit and win the in regulation in a decade. Did you know that? Leave that in the comment section. Did you know the Miami Dolphins were the first team to have a 21-point comeback in the fourth quarter since 2012? Did you know that? Leave that in the comment section. That's about what didn't know this week. You already know how I'm excited for this one. It's the Schoolyard Sports Scream, and it's not the Urban Meyer Award this week, but it's the Squared Sports Scream Award this week. The two recipients are two head coaches, two completely different levels of football, college football and NFL. Frank Reich of the NFL, Indianapolis Colts head coach, and Brian Harzen of Albert in college football and SEC. We're going to scream on Frank Reich first. Frank Reich, you are maybe the biggest Idiot in the NFR right now. And you might say, whoa, 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 we're one and one on the season. We're oh 0-1 and one on the season. They don't even have a win yet. They're oh 0-1 and one on the season so far. Why are we so bad? There's teams that are 0 and two. Why are you screaming on me? Well Frank Greg dumped Carson Wentz after he pleaded so much in that twenty twenty off season to get Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz, when that hard knock show started last year for them, from that point on to week eighteen actually he had 250 passing yards in all of those games leading up to Week 18. John Taylor exploded in all those games except for Week 18. Frank Gregg cannot win in Jacksonville. The Indianapolis Colts cannot win in Jacksonville no matter what season it is. I think it's been since 2012 that they haven't won Jacksonville. It's ludicrous. The one season, two seasons ago, where the Jacksonville Jaguars went 1-15, their one win was against the Colts in Jacksonville Week 1. So yeah, squared sports scream. I'm screaming on Frank Greg right here. Matt Ryan over Carson Wentz. Yeah, Carson Wentz has been playing pretty well. For the Washington Bears, better than Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan played horrible. And if you're going to have Matt Ryan not throw the ball that much against Jacksonville Jaguars, have John Taylor run the ball more. John Taylor should have at least had 35 carries in that game against Jacksonville Jaguars. Jacksonville Jaguars don't have this, oh, so elite defense. Matt Ryan made it seem like they did. Frank Gregg made it seem like they did. I'm screaming at you, Frank, right this week. Not Chris Ballard. He put a greater gay team. He got you Shaquille Leonard who's been out this season. He got you, John Taylor, who you're not utilizing. He got you, Michael Pittman, who played great in week one. I know he didn't play in week two, but I'm still not giving Frank Craig a slide. Yeah, that's interesting stuff right there. Go out there, find a better tight end. Go out there, utilize more players. Go out there. And you shouldn't have gone, gone with Carson Wentz. You shouldn't have gone Matt Ryan. You should have stuck with Carson Wentz. I'm screaming on you this week, Frank Craig. You're my square sports scream recipient. Next one, you're at Brian Harrison. He almost got fired this offseason after one season at Auburn. They went 6-7. and seven. Oh, that's terrible. They lost to the Houston in a bowl game, and they should have won against Alabama. But they blew it. that. You got Tank Bigsby, who is maybe the most talented running back in college football, but he's looking like a lower-level college football running back. Tank Bigsby's an amazing player, but you're not utilizing him well. You got T.J. Finley, who's about the size of a tight end at quarterback, who can't throw the ball for anything. You got Zach Calzada on the bench, who beat Alabama last year. Isn't it end goal for Auburn to beat Alabama? We'll start the guy who beat Alabama, who's consistent last year for a Start him. Start Zach Calzal. Start Robbie Ashford. I know we got some playing time. Start him. Anything better than T.J. Finley. And I'm sorry, T.J. Finley. This isn't fully on you. This is more on Brian Harzen. Whew. I'm mad right now. You're in the SEC. This school is a storied program. And they went out and they hired the Boise State head coach. Whew. So yeah, tough move by Auburn. Tough move by Brian Harrison. Get a better recruiting class. Get better players. That's my scream right there on Brian Harrison and Frank Gregg. Leave your thoughts in the comment section. That's Barf for Squared Sports Screen this week. So everybody loves to talk about the Bill Belichick coaching tree, and everybody loves to watch their team on Sunday put up a lot of points, have a really good offense. Well, I can guarantee you, Every team in the NFL right now, outside of Cliff Kingsbury and Arizona Cardinals, that has an offensive coach, probably was under Mike Shanahan era. But let me list you the coaches of the coaching tree that were under Mike Shanahan. Matt LaFleur, Green Packers head coach. Nathaniel Hackett, Denver Broncos head coach. Arthur Smith, Atlanta Falcons head coach. Kyle Shanahan, 49ers head coach, son of Mike Shanahan. Mike McDaniel, head coach of the Miami Dolphins. He's been great so far. Robert Sala, head coach of... New York Jets. I know he's a defense coach, but Robert Saul is still there. Zach Taylor, head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals. Oh, he did a great job last year getting them to the Super Bowl. Anthony Lynn, former head coach, Los Angeles Chargers currently with the San Francisco 49ers right now. He's been a good head coach in his career. Kevin Stefanski, current Browns, offense coach. Clint Kubiak, former offense coordinator of the Minnesota Vikings. Gary Kubiak, former head coach of the Broncos, won a Super Bowl with Payne Manning and went to two. Payne Manning with the Denver Broncos. And Shane Waldron, Offense coordinator for Seattle Seahawks, there's probably way more names I could have mentioned on this list, but that's elite, everybody. That is insanely elite. Every good offense coordinator, every good head coach in the game, it seems like, has been under Mike Shannon. Everybody loves to talk about the Bill Belichick coaching tree. I already said that. It could be Matt Patricia, who didn't do well. It could be Brian Flores, who didn't do well. It could be all these guys who didn't do well. I think the new wave of gang head coaches is these is a gang and young offense coordinator and I don't know who's going to start the next head coaching tree. it could be Kyle Shanahan it could be Sean McVay you've seen Sean McVay start one already with Brandon and Staley going over to the Los Angeles Chargers, with Kevin O'Connell going over to the Minnesota Vikings so yeah crazy stuff right here Mike Shanahan I mean is he the elite offense coach of all time he didn't win that many Super Bowls interesting stuff right there but the development of all these coaches Kyle Shanahan Mike McDaniel wow didn't know that leave that in the comment section that's about it for Spotlight this week Now, college ball showcase. If you don't know our usual rundown of college ball showcase, I do my top 25. Then I do my games of the week. Let's hop into my top 25. Let's do it right now. Number one, Georgia. Number two, Alabama. Number three, Ohio State. Number four, Michigan. Number five, USC. Number six, Oklahoma. Number seven, Arkansas. Number eight, Clemson. Number nine, Kentucky. Number ten, North Carolina State. Number eleven, Penn State. Number twelve, Ole Miss. Number thirteen, Texas. Number fourteen, Oregon. Number fifteen, Texas A&M. Number sixteen, BYU number 17, Baylor, number 18, Florida, number 19, Utah, number 20, FSU, number 21, Miami, number 22, Tennessee, number 23, Minnesota, number 24, Washington, number 25, UCLA, Bruins are who host their games in the Rose Bowl. Let's hop into it. UCLA, number 25, I mean, that Rose Bowl crowd is horrible. It's an off-campus stadium. It's absolutely terrible, the crowds they get in Pasadena for those games. And they beat South Alabama by one point. South Alabama doesn't make a questionable coaching call late in that game. UCLA is sitting at two and one right now, not three zero. Oh. But this UCLA team still got potential. Dorian Thompson-Robinson is still an explosive quarterback. Zach Charbonnet is still an explosive running back. I still got hope in this team. It's a risky move keeping them in my top twenty-five, but I'm keeping them at number twenty-five. Let's move to the top. Number one, Georgia. Yes, they've just been consistent. They dominated South Carolina. Number two is Alabama. I mean, they had an easy game. Who they play? UL Monroe. Ohio State, number three, they put up 77 points. Number four, my Michigan Wolverines, who dominated against UConn, 59-0. We got a matchup against Maryland this week. Number six, Oklahoma. Oklahoma played great against Nebraska. I, I'm shocked to see that. Nebraska got an amazing first drive, got a touchdown, and then had nothing after that until the end of the game. Last drive with Chubba Perry running in for a touchdown. Number 10, North Carolina State. North Carolina State beat Texas Tech after I said they would lose. They gave us North Carolina State. Prove something to me right there. North Carolina State, number 10. We're 16... BYU had a rough loss to Oregon. I got Oregon there at number 14. So yeah, tough loss there for BYU. Good win there for Oregon. I picked Oregon and beat BYU, and they did. So Oregon gets a good win over BYU. Number 15, Texas A&M. They had that good win over Miami. So Texas A&M slotted in at number 15. Number 19 was Utah. I'm putting them one behind Florida. I mean, they've just playing, been playing great since that Florida game. They put up 70 points two weeks ago. They played great in this one. I mean, this is an interesting game for Utah. They lost to San Diego State last year. They could have made the college football playoff last year if they lose San Diego State. They actually probably would have made the college ball playoff last year. Over Cincinnati, they didn't lose to San Diego State, but they did. They beat them a lot by a lot this year, though. Utah gets a lot net. Number 19, number 22, Tennessee. Tough matchup this week against Florida. That's my game of the week. That may pick in the end. Number 24, Washington, who absolutely obliterated Michigan State. And Minnesota, number 23, who's playing Michigan State this week. Leave your thoughts in the comment section. That's about for my top 25. Now, games of the week, the second part of College Football showcase. you know how we do it. I'm going to give maybe one spread pick, one upset pick, my Michigan pick. And then the game of the week, everybody, which this week is Florida versus Tennessee. Let's all into it. My one spread pick is Vanderbilt plus 40 versus Alabama. This Vanderbilt team is 2-1. Clark Lee, former Notre Dame defense coordinator, said he wants to get Vanderbilt to be the best program in the country. They're not going to be the best program in the country ever because of the academics that they have. But they could be a top... 25 team, maybe two years in a row, you could say. It's not going to happen for a little bit, but that could happen. That could be a goal for Vanderbilt gang to be a top 25 team, maybe some consistency there. But Vanderbilt is sitting at 2 and 1 right now with a close loss to Wake Forest. I have Vanderbilt plus 40 versus Alabama. Now, the last time Vanderbilt played Alabama week four, it was in the 2017 season, and they said, We want Bama. We're going to beat Bama. We're 3 0, and we're going to beat Bama. We're under Derek Mason. They proceed to lose 59 nothing next week. Now, in Bama. This is going to be an interesting game right here. I got Vanderbilt plus 40. I think they maybe lose by 39. It's going to be about 40 points is a lot of points, everybody. Nobody beats the SEC team by 40 points, even. I mean, I really have a tough time seeing Alabama beat Vanderbilt by 40 points. This is a more improved Vanderbilt team. Mike Wright's a good quarterback. They beat Northern Illinois last week. They're sitting 2-1 right now. So I got Vanderbilt getting closer than 40 points with Alabama. Maybe they lose by 21. Maybe they lose by 35. I don't know. That's my pick right there for Vanderbilt versus Alabama. Now, Stanford... Wins over Washington everybody. Everybody loves to talk about how Kalen DeBoer and Michael Penix Jr. the next great thing in college football. Kalen DeBoer's gonna be a great head coach, and Michael Penix is gonna be a Heisman contender because they beat Michigan State. Well, I got a newsflash for you. Stanford played pretty dang well against USC. Yes, they put up a lot of points, but their defense couldn't keep up with USC's offense. I don't think any defense in the country can keep up with USC's offense. They had a bye week last week. So they had all the week to prepare for this Washington game. The spread 14. I got them outright in this one. Give me Stanford outright versus Washington. Tanner McKee gets a signature win after last week. they got their signature win against Oregon. Tanner McKee gets the win over Washington in this one. Now, the game of the week. The game you've all been waiting for me to pick. Florida versus Tennessee. Here's my breakdown. Tennessee is 2-1 this season. They beat Ball State. They beat Pittsburgh in overtime, and they beat Akron. Now, they had an amazing game against Akron. And they put up a lot of points. They had an amazing game against Ball State. They put up a lot of points. Against Pitt, they would have lost that game if Keen Slovis was that quarterback. Now, Keenan Slovis and his Pitt team aren't the best team in college football at all, so that's a little bit scary right there. That's why I have Florida winning this one, everybody. Now, it's an interesting pick. I have Florida beating Utah week one. Nobody really had Florida beating Utah, but they did. Nobody's really having Florida beat Tennessee in this one because they lost to Kentucky, and they almost lost to South Florida last week it was a tough game against south florida they had a lot of things go their way and they still couldn't beat them that much but i got florida winning over tennessee Andy richardson still doesn't have a passing touchdown this season but that doesn't bother me one bit i think they get some zone reason this one that like billy napier finds Andy richardson to get going i got hennon hooker and the tennessee volunteers losing this one in Neyland stadium i'm sorry tennessee fans i'm sorry the volunteers i got you guys losing this one i hope mustard balls and golf balls don't get thrown into the fields at billy napier this time I like it happened with Lane Kiffin last season. Let's hope it doesn't happen. I got Florida being Tennessee in Neyland Stadium. I think it's going to be a night game. College game day is going to be there. That's my favorite college ball showcase this week. Florida wins the game of the week. Leave have thoughts in the comment section. Now, at the buzzer, and here's an unpopular opinion I'm going to throw out here right now. I said a couple of weeks ago that the Browns would go 4-11, and, and I was I think they would only get like four wins leading up until Deshaun Watson's return, which really wouldn't have been that good for them. And That was a really big call take. But I think this one might be bigger. Philadelphia Eagles, everybody, might just be the best team in the NFL. They got Jalen Hurts throwing the ball amazing. They got Jalen Hurts running the ball amazing. They got Miles Sanders running the ball amazing. They got Boston Scott running the ball amazing. They got this offensive line led by Jason Kelsey playing pretty well, and they've got this receiving group led by A.J. Brown playing well. They got Devontae Smith. They got Ria Jalen Rager. They got him out of that locker room. They got Dallas Goddard, one of the best tight ends, one of the most underrated tight ends in the game at tight end. They got Jordan Davis. They got on the D-line. They got Brandon Graham on the D-line. It's a good D-line. They got a good secondary with Darius Slay, who had two interceptions. My night football. This is a very good team, everybody. They got Jake Elliott at kicker. I could go through the whole map. I'm a John's fan, everybody. So it's a little bit tough to see the Eagles doing well. But Eagles could be the best team in the NFL right now. No joke. But another team that could be the best team in the NFL is the Buffalo Bills, everybody. Someone put out a tweet that... This world, this country might not have the infrastructure to handle a Bills versus Eagles Super Bowl. They would be have people jumping on tables, breaking chairs inside the stand. They would allow it in Arizona for the Super Bowl this year. That would be insane. Super Bowl 57, I think. But yeah, wild stuff. Eagles and Bills looking like two of the best teams in the NFL right now. Do you think the Eagles are a very good team? Leave your thoughts in the comment section. Now the best for last question day. When or will Albert Pujols reach 700 home runs? Leave your answer in the comment section. That's my first question of this week. I think he reaches it. I do. I think he gets to the 700 home run club. He already passed A. Rod for fourth all time, but I think he gets into that 700 club. That's my question there, but that's my first Sports and Lane Freight Episode Number 92. Thank you for tuning in. Follow Squared Sports on Instagram at Squared Sports. Follow Squared Sports on Twitter at Squared Sports. Follow DB Podcast, the best podcast producers in the game, on social media at DB Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review for the best sports content in the world. We'll be back next week, episode 93. Stay tuned.